All right, I'm recording. All right. Hey, everybody. Am I, am I opening it? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to open it? I don't know. I, or were you about to start? Uh, yeah, no, I was leaning into it. Okay, go ahead. All right. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Whiskey Sessions. I'm Amets. I'm B-Pimp. We're continuing our cross-country podcast, but B-Pimp, you have some big news. Why don't you share yeah. it with the audience? I'm moving uh, within Illinois still, so not quite as exciting as, as your cross-country trek, but a little bit northwest um, to Streamwood, Illinois, the home of streams and wood. I don't know if that's really what it is, but two necessary things for life, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah you got, and there's probably a high beaver population because they like both of those things. Yeah, no, definitely. So I'm moving in with the beavers. Oh God, I have a horrific story involving beavers for you later, <laughs> which is a good lead into that and not giving more context. <laughs> you can't, you can't tease that. That's people need to hear about that. Yeah, that's true. I totally forgot about it. Okay, let me just tell it really quick. And then we got to go into your more in depth on your bigger news. Okay. But we were, so we were in Upper Peninsula, Michigan, Maggie and I, and we were on a hike right by where her family has a cabin. And like it was in the woods, there was a lot of mosquitoes. It was kind of overgrown. We, like we heard beavers all over the place. Like they were making huge dams. It was, it was cool. It was a nice hike. Our dog liked it, except he was definitely like, we were nervous about ticks and stuff like that. But anyway, like three quarters of the hike, we come across this tree. Maggie thinks it's like maybe some kind of weird plant coming out from this tree. And as we get closer, we notice that, and this is like about set at like seven or eight feet high. Somebody has nailed a beaver skull and spine to this tree. And it was like just the skeleton. And Maggie and I were like, we don't want to be here anymore. What? <laughs> it was horrible. That is not the direction I expected that to go. No, it was real dark. And then, yeah, just by the end, we were just like, we had a little more pep in our step in like finishing the hike. Wow. Because it took a second to register, like, first of all, what it was, then realizing it was probably a beaver, and then being like, wait a minute, somebody, a person did that. What kind There's of so weird person would nail a beaver skull and spine to a tree? That was like a part of a ritual, I think, that you stumbled across. I think it might have been. But anyway. It was, like a, it was like, you know, the satanic panic where they would make up all those things where they saw like animal sacrifices. You found a real one. No, we, de- we definitely did. And it was the work of Satanists. And that is the biggest scourge in our society today. Okay, I'm so glad that you told that because now I'm in a weird mood. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're we're hopefully buying a house in Streamwood, home of the beavers that are not being nailed to trees. No, uh, don't let anybody least, start that. If they if I see anyone nailing a beaver skull uh, skeleton to a tree, I am I am going to I strongly chastise them. Yo, yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, we're, we're buying a house. So that's the exciting part is we're upgrading from our current basement apartment. Yeah, that is an awesome upgrade. Yeah, very excited about that. It's got a nice backyard with a fence. So, um, you know, our little chihuahua can, can roam free. Well, not really free, but... Pretty close. I mean, <laughs> that's a lot grass. of space for a chihuahua. Yeah, for him, the size of that yard is like a paradise. Plus, you don't have nearly as many stairs to deal with anymore now, right? Yeah, there will be one step. That's, yeah. I see. One step into the front door. Shavo is 10 or 11? Yeah, he's 11. Yeah, Actually, so he might be 12. You definitely want to minimize the amount of steps he has to go through. He's uh, he, He'll be very happy about that. He's got a bad knee. He's got a, what is it, a fluxating patella or something like that? Huh. I don't know, I'm probably using the wrong terms, but his kneecap just is like loosey-goosey. Oh, is he, has he been to the house yet? No, he's not. We're actually, Lisa mentioned she wants to take him there tomorrow night. I don't know if she was serious, but I think it's a good idea. Yeah, why not? Because we could actually go and just let him check out the backyard. I think he'll love it, because now that we're renting a house that has a backyard, like, our dog has taken to it really quickly. Yeah, but that's... Very exciting. It's so great to be able just to let him out in the morning and not like go down two flights of stairs and make sure he's on a leash. Yeah, because otherwise he'll run like the wind. Yeah, but uh, no, that's awesome. I and I can't believe how quickly you guys like went through the process of getting this house. I always hear horror yeah, stories we- of how long it takes. Yeah, it was just, it was, I don't know, I think we've had some good fortune throughout the process. It helps that Lisa knows a lot about this, considering her profession. Yes. She's been a very, I will I will take very little credit for how smoothly this has <laughs> um, But yeah, we also got lucky that we, uh, the first day we went out to actually look in earnest for houses, we we found this one. So, um, so good amazing. luck. You always, have, you always need a little good luck on your side. For sure. Kind of things, so. Well, uh, speaking of luck, uh, we've had good luck in our whiskey choosing so far. So I got a whiskey. Uh, it's called Pendleton Blended Canadian Whiskey. Ooh. And it's from, it's called Canadian Whiskey, but it is from Hood River, Oregon. And the name of the town specifically is Pendleton, Oregon. So kind of a different location. I don't know what makes it whis- Canadian whiskey if it's made in the U.S., is that like a specific type? Well, I, you know, to be honest with you, that surprises me because I did think it was all about where, um, where it originated. So maybe they're, maybe the ingredients they're using. That uh, is possible. That. So it's, it's 80 proof and it has no ingredients that I see. <laughs> <laughs> no ingredients. It's got a government warning. Oh, okay. Um, it's a little on the cheaper end. So I'm, I'm a little nervous that it will, could break our streak of smooth or gets the boot. Oh, no, it might get the boot. I, well, who knows? I'm going to test it I've right now. This, I've heard of this one, and I think I've tried it, but I have not. I don't have a specific memory. All right, I will let you know. Here it is down the hatch. And I should say, I'm not used to drinking whiskey at about 11 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> It's just. It's, I think it's this is how I should start all my days. <laughs> yeah, that's the danger of whiskey sessions. It's gonna be like, 
Do yeah. you record every day? <laughs> every day on my way to work. Yeah. So, for work, so it's okay. So I would say this whiskey is good. It's pretty smooth. It's not very strong. In the grand spectrum of things, does it... Would I consider it smooth on our scale or getting the boot? I hate to do this again, but I think it's still smooth. Well, you're not going to give it the boot? I'm not going to give it the boot. I felt... I guess I felt internal pressure to give it the boot because it's not the best whiskey we've had, but I actually am pleasantly surprised by how much I like it. And you said it was a cheaper one, too, so are you factoring in value in this... Um, I probably am, because I have a tough time, like, totally making that separation myself. Like, it's, there's no way, if this was $40 instead of 20 I probably would grade it more harshly. Okay. Yeah, I gotta say, it's smooth. Wow, we kept, we kept the streak alive. Yeah. And I definitely would say to our listeners that, uh, if you come across Pendleton... And you like that price. Don't be scared off by it. It's it's still a pretty decent whiskey. Don't be scared off by the incongruous nature of it's being called a Canadian whiskey and not having originated in Canada. No, it's not even a border state. Come on, guys. Yeah. But If it was like northern Washington, I would understand. Yeah, that's basically Canada. <laughs> but, you know, I figure... A slogan. I think we should figure out some way... So. As the listeners may have noticed, the last two podcasts, we haven't been drinking, we haven't each been drinking the whiskey, because we haven't figured out a good way to do that cross-country. But I think maybe we should. Like, is there any way we can, like, order little bottles on Amazon or something like that? Um, you know what? I don't know off the top of my head, but it's worth looking for that. I think we, we should... could just alternate buying them and have them one shipped there, one shipped here. Yeah, or, like, I wonder if we can buy just, like, a bunch of little bottles at once and eat each ship them and just like hold on to them for podcasts and we and then, and then we have a questionable large box of tiny bottles of whiskey <laughs> yeah <laughs> i like it it could be the first shipment to your new house yeah that'd be pretty sweet we we might be getting a, a new tv for the main area and that might be number one. Oh, okay well i'm gonna have but to I ask this, you I gotta hold off because i do think it's a very important this is more important than a new TV. Yeah. So just, yeah, no TV until we get that whiskey. <laughs> if, if there's a question about it, I'll be like, well, we, just, we haven't decided on which whiskeys we're ordering yet, so we can't buy anything. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> All right. So I didn't say it at the top of the episode, but our top five um, that I'm pretty excited about, good idea, Brian, by the way, is top five television shows from our youths. So yeah, this this goes out to Mr. Ryan. He came up with this one. Oh, nice. So uh, we kind of vaguely put it in the ballpark of like somewhere between f- ages five and twelve. Yeah, like preteen. Right, old enough to remember it, but not you know before we're surly teenagers. Yeah, watching like you know, I was watching mostly wrestling and and that's about it during my early teenage years. So yeah. <laughs> Some of them I kind of, like, discounted, like, because even, like, I watched Simpsons at a pretty young age, but I decided not to include it. I did, too, until my dad tried to ban me from watching it, because he didn't like how they portrayed uh, Homer as a buffoon, (laughs) and I had to explain to him it was satire, and and he didn't care. He was just like, I don't care. I don't don't think you should watch it. (laughs) 
and I had to argue like really hard to get to be able to watch it. Huh? That was his reason. Yeah. Because we definitely had kids in school that like weren't allowed to watch The Simpsons, but I don't think that was ever given as the reason why. That was what he told me. Unless he just didn't like it, he didn't like it, and that was the reason he came up with. But uh. I always it sticks out to me because I was like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, "I understand if you don't want me to watch something that has swearing in it or whatever." But it's like because they portray the dad as a buffoon. <laughs> That's as good a reason as any, I guess. Yeah. All right, uh, so let's get into it. These are our top five television shows from when we were kids. More than four, less than six, it's the top five. All right, B-Pimp, what is your number five? For my number five, I'm going to go with the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Oh, good one. So this was, um, the reason I'm putting it number five is it hasn't aged well as far as, like, I, there's some things that I remember from watching when I was younger that I could go back now and I could watch it and it'll still be, you know, it won't be the same, obviously, but it'll still be entertaining. But with Power Rangers, I just, it just doesn't do it for me anymore. But I was obsessed with that when I was, when I was younger, when I was in this age range. So I wanted to have it on the list. Um, it was a very entertaining show. They used a bunch of footage from a Japanese serial and, dubbed it and then they filmed like new high school scenes which was which is interesting to find out later that all that all the actual power rangers action was not you know new it was it was like old canned footage (laughs) i did not know that yeah it was from like a series in japan which they do that a lot with a lot of different shows but that's especially interesting with them so they just the specific action scenes of like in the it was always in like some random desert. <laughs> yeah. Or some canyon. Um, exactly. What do you got for your number five? My number five is Bill Nye, the science guy. Which That's a good choice. I think it's funny now too because like Bill Nye is sort of relevant again in like a social media sort of sense. Right. Um, and I bet it has, I think it has so much to do with like people our age knowing who he is. And then, like, that, like, nostalgia coming back. Exactly. And plus the fact that he's been on the forefront of some of these issues that are being more talked about now, like global warming and and other related things for a long time. Yeah. So there's a perfect spot for him. And I feel like Bill Nye was at a time where there were a couple other science shows kind of like that. I'm forgetting the names of the other ones. But Bill Nye was the only one that didn't feel like it was, like, paced correctly. It wasn't, like, so in-your-face and dumb that it didn't feel like science anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. And I also think it was really cool because Bill Nye started, uh, I should say, he started on a sketch show in Seattle called Almost Live, which, at least in Seattle, would air before Saturday Night Live. Um, and they would push back the start of Saturday Night Live all the way to midnight to show this, like, half-an-hour-long local show. But he would do, like, these little science experiments in front of, like, the studio audience as part of the show, which I just thought was, like, the coolest. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by this almost live show. Is there, um, can you find it on YouTube? Have you looked? That's a good question. I need to look. Because if you can, I highly recommend it. I mean, it's hyper-local. Like, they will make fun of, like, if there was a Chicago equivalent, like, they would make fun of drivers from, like, Joliet or something like that. (laughs) So, like, I think from an outsider perspective, it would make 
almost no sense half the time, but um, it's it was good, and it also had Joel McHale in it. Oh. Yeah, that's how he got his start. Wow. Yeah, so it's uh, it breeds some talent, at least two people. Yeah. Who is your, what show is your number four? My number four is Clarissa Explains It All. Oh, Melissa Joan Hart. Melissa Joan Hart, pre, uh, what is it, Sabrina, the yeah. Teenage Witch, pre, what was that movie she, she was she in Not Another Teen Movie, or no, Can't Hardly Wait. Oh, yeah, maybe. Pre that. But it was, <clears throat> I still have the theme song, like, always in my head, the na, 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 whatever. Um, but that show was great. It was one that I, it was on, like, the SNCC Saturday night uh, Nickelodeon lineup. Uh, so okay. I would, I would like, wait for that. You know, that was, like, appointment viewing for me was at 7 o'clock on Saturday. I have to watch all these shows. And it was, and it, then they would do, like, replays during the week and stuff. And I just, I remember watching it a lot. And I liked uh the her bro, little brother Ferguson was like a little snobby kid who would always like get in trouble with everybody and like instigate things, and it was a it was a fun, it was a really funny show. So I've definitely heard of that show, but I don't think I've ever seen like a minute of it. Was she was she just a normal kid or was she like clairvoyant or something? No, she was just a normal kid. It was just about like she had a best friend named Sam who would like um, come over and like prop a ladder up against the window and like come in that way rather than going through the house, which is kind of weird to think about now. Um, but, and then it was like her issues with her little brother. Cause he was always trying to get her in trouble and like, you know, just family stuff. It was just like a, it was like a basic, you know, kid sitcom kind of thing. But for some reason it was, they would do like cool graphics. Like she could draw, um, like they would do like a timeout and she would talk to the audience, you know, like break the third wall. Uh, and she would, oh, yeah. like, draw things with her fingers and it would show up on screen or they do little graphics. It was just like a interesting production style that was different for it was that a time. regular Ferris Bueller. Yeah, exactly. It was kind of like that in a kids Nickelodeon sitcom kind of way. Huh. All right. My number four is Chippendale Rescue Rangers. And I had a tough time deciding between this and DuckTales. Which I think I've kind of melded in my brain a little bit together, but I like I like the dynamic of the different cartoon characters of Rescue Rangers. Because you have Chip and Dale, but you also have the uh, the girl, whatever her name was, and then the fat guy who like <laughs> could float in the air due to the smell of cheese, which seemed to be like a major plot point in almost every episode. <laughs> That's a great power to have. Yeah. Plus, I mean, both Chippendale and DuckTales, great theme songs. It may do, you be... to, do you want to poorly sing them like I did with Curiously Explains It All? All right. So the Chippendales went, Ch-ch-ch-chippendales, rescue rangers. And then DuckTales went, DuckTales, ooh. Oh, that's right. That's, you did I, a much better job. That's all the lyrics I remember. <laughs> I remember the Chip and the Rescue Rangers one once you said it. Yeah, that that, that brings it all flooding back, flooding back into my mind. No solid theme songs across the board. I can't speak to if cartoons nowadays have good theme songs. Maybe they do. I just have no idea. But uh, that's that's I think a key element to a good show. All cartoons today that are made for kids to me look like um, they 
are really made for people on like strong hallucinogenics. Right. <laughs> and, then, and I don't know if that's like a I'm getting old thing or if that is really different now, but it seems like they are. The other thing I don't get, and maybe it's because they just expect that everybody has cable, but they don't they don't really show cartoons Saturday mornings anymore. Yeah, what's like, on now on Saturday mornings it's, on TV? They'll still be like kid geared shows, but they're like um Maggie and I will watch them sometimes. They'll be like uh like Sea Rescue Animal Adventures. Um and they're just like oh. documentary style uh like learning shows. With like Jack Hanna. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Jack okay. Hanna drives me nuts, but like <laughs> I don't like the way he speaks. <laughs> Uh, I didn't mean to bring up a sore topic. So oh, man, don't even get me started. No, but it just seems like there's no cartoons anymore. Yeah, I can see that. Maybe I think it might be because well, I would imagine the cheapest kind of show to make would be the one where they're going to like SeaWorld or something with a host and they just have to film him. Oh, for sure. Pay for like animation and all the stuff that goes into an animated show. And a couple of these shows, SeaWorld actually sponsors oh of course yeah i think they're trying to get the kids on their side after all that blackfish stuff oh yeah they're trying to and the and the manatee that just died did you see that oh somebody, no somebody let uh somebody left open like this gate that let the manatees get into a uh a different area where the this old manatee that was like 72 or something couldn't get back into the um part where it could breathe so it suffocated oh and they're, saying, and they're saying like somebody did it on purpose there's, a, there's like this huge conspiracy about it. i'm like who's targeting an, an old manatee with like a grudge yeah. i don't understand <laughs> i mean that's pretty impressive 72 i didn't know yeah. manatees lived that long i know it was crazy and, and then some idiot allegedly took it out it's terrible hmm. but my number three is uh, <laughs> I love the transitions of this episode. <laughs> From Dead Manatees to... <laughs> yeah. Square One Television. Huh. I don't even think I've heard of that. This was... Um, my recollection of this... I didn't go back and do any research on this one because I wanted to talk about what I remember. This is an early, early one for me. That, like, I'm talking when I was in maybe kindergarten or first grade. I would get up earlier than I had to to go to, like, kinder... To go to school... Uh-huh. I would up like an hour earlier and go watch this, like go try to find a way to either in my parents' room or like in the downstairs TV. And it was a PBS show, um, but it was on at like 6 a.m. So I had I had to get up that early to watch it and I became obsessed with it for some reason. It was like a it, it was like an educational show. But it had, like, there was a guy who did magic on it. They had all these, like, skits and songs they made about, like, math and, oh. um, you know, science and different stuff. But it wasn't, like, dumbed down. It was, like, trying to actually teach you things um, that were helpful. And I, and I became, like, obsessed with it when I, when I was that age. And I remember just getting so excited, like, when I, when I would actually wake up and be like, oh, I can get the TV and watch this. It's like a strong memory I have of being like five or six and watching the show. Well, that's key. And also, yeah, again, with like the not dumbing it down, like kids aren't like idiots. I, I feel like I knew as a kid if they were trying to like pander to me too much. Right. It was just like, I'm sure if we, if we watched an episode right now, we would laugh at some stuff. But I feel like for what, 1990 or 1991 or 
92, whatever I'm talking about, this, this, when this was on. And I think it had been on for a while at that point. Uh-huh. Um, it's, it was pretty cool. And, and I know, I'm, I'm blanking on who they are, but I know um, there were some, like, people who ended up being pretty popular who started there. Who, oh, Weird Al was on it. He did some stuff. The oh, Judds, really? the singing family of the Judds. The Judds? Yeah, like Winona Judd and, you know, all of them. Ashley Judd. Ashley Judd a part of that, too? I'm guessing. It might have been the older... It might have been the older Judds. But then it says uh, Max Headroom. There was, like, a really strong Max Headroom parody. I don't know if you remember Max Headroom. I really don't. Somebody tried to explain it to me a couple of weeks ago. Um, Actually, it was... Uh, my friend Spencer, who I saw the premiere of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, it was his dad at oh, okay. Spencer's wedding was trying to explain to me Max Headroom. And I, I've heard that reference so many times and I don't quite get it. What is it, a cartoon? It, well, no, it was like a surrealistic um, like mix between a cartoon and reality. And oh. the guy that played Max Headroom was, do you remember Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Yeah. Remember the neighbor dad who was, like, mean? Oh, boy, I don't remember that well. The only thing I remember about that movie probably is Rick Moranis. Yeah, he was, like, the other guy in that movie. He was Max Headroom. That's that's about as much as I can give you on Max Headroom. But I wanted to mention, there's some characters in Square One Television. I just looked up the Wikipedia article. The the third character they they mentioned is Mr. Glitch. (laughs) (laughs) And the description is... Mathman's nemesis was Mr. Glitch, a cranky tornado who was always described with a different adjective. Like, <laughs> inconsiderate, ill-tempered, fiendish. I like that they came up with a different adjective every time. Yeah, I need to go back and watch this. I want to see Mr. Glitch. Okay, my number three is Tiny Toon Adventures. Oh, you're going to make Chris really happy. He, he, he That's on his list. Yeah, that was... I think that was just my go-to of that kind of era of cartoon. I also thought... I liked Animaniacs too, but that was like, I think that came a little bit later, um, but it was like generally in the same vein, although Animaniacs might have actually been a bit smarter of a show. Right. Yeah, that was fun. I remember watching those. I, for some reason, I don't have as strong of memories of the cartoon shows as I did the, the people shows, the real life shows. Yeah, I can understand that. Like Tiny Toon Adventures, though, like struck me as like kind of the... It just felt like it was animated pretty well. It just seems like the standard cartoon show of that era. Yeah. It wasn't my favorite, but it was, like, really solid. Did you ever play the the video game? The Tiny Toons video game for Nintendo? No, I don't think I ever did. That game was hard. Like, that... I remember more than... I, I remember really having a hard time with Mario 2 because it was, like... That's another thing where they repurposed a Japanese video game and just made it a Mario game. Yeah, that was something else completely. That's why it seems so different from the other Mario. It's so weird with yeah. the, like the bosses who like uh, like would spit out an egg and then throw it at you. Like there was a <laughs> lot of weird stuff in that game, but that game was hard. And but Tiny Toons was really hard because you could like I remember like Taz was one of the characters that was good because you could do the spin mm-hmm. like turn it turn into the tornado and like defeat people but then you had to like pick the right character to do the right things in different levels and it was really hard as whenever whatever age I was when I was playing that I remember it being difficult yeah that's asking a lot of a kid yeah to figure out what's your uh, number two 
My number two is Mr. Wizard's World. Mm, I don't think I've heard of that one either. You haven't heard of Mr. Wizard's World? I don't know. What, show, what channel was it on? It was, uh, well, when I saw it, it was in reruns on Nickelodeon again. Like, oh, okay. But this was, I'm talking literally 5 a.m., I think, they played it. Whoa. So I would get up at 5 a.m. on, like, Saturday mornings to watch Mr. Wizard. Or, like, any time I could figure out that it was on, I remember I would, like, scour either the newspaper or, like, TV Guide or the... Pre- I would, like, watch the preview channel to try to see <laughs> <laughs> when Mr. Wizard's World would be on, and I would make sure I was up to watch that because it was just... It was the older... Mr. Wizard was this guy. I think his name's, like, Don Herbert or something like that. Mm-hmm. He's a Canadian... Um, uh, like science educator and he was he would design all these experiments that were really cool that were like simple enough where a kid could do it and he would have kids in the studio to do the experiment and then he would turn it into like a lesson of like you know it would be something simple like making a pop bottle fizz over but then he would explain like here's what's reacting in here to like cause that and then here's real world examples it was just like a really like I was a huge nerd I still am but like it was such an interesting show to me and I've like gone back recently to try to find episodes of it to watch and I can't oh, so that's I can like figure out a way to get to get on that because I really want to see a, another episode of that and we need more shows like that for our kids yeah it was a great it, it, he won I mean it, he won all kinds of awards for, for that and he did it forever like he had a um, he had a precursor to the one that I saw that was as early as I want to say like the late 50s I'm like holy cow an TV called like the incredible Mr. Wizard or something. And then by the time he was doing the one that I saw, I feel like he was maybe in his like seventies or something like that. Like he, it was like towards the end of his career, yeah. but they were really good. There was always really cool, um, experiments and like, it was just, a, it was like the show that I would make sure I tried to watch anytime I could. What do you think about, okay, here's my one concern with that show. If it's essentially a science show, why does he go by Mr. Wizard? That seems like kind of almost anti-science. Yeah, that's a good point. I think it was a nickname that he had gotten that that he just was like using to make sure, you know, it was like a, a brand kind of thing. Mm-hmm. To, so maybe that was like a, a, you know, in order to get him a show that had more reach, maybe he had to do that. I don't know. But you're right. That makes it seem like there's magic involved when it really wasn't. And there was no part of the show where he would, he was like very straightforward about um it was all science it was all explaining like all science exactly all science. what happens so you're right that is kind of a strange thing. yeah because with wizards i don't know how you feel but whenever we have kids i am not gonna let them read harry potter just because i feel like it's gonna go against the religious beliefs i'm gonna try to instill in them you know <laughs> Because those dastardly wizards are out there, like, undermining the church. Yes. With their black magic. <laughs> Although I guess if that was my approach, I'd probably also be anti-science. Yeah. You're really, you're going for the, um, you, you're looking at the, uh, what is it called? Christian scientist or Jehovah's Witness camp? That's what you're trying to aim yes. for, right? Okay. Going to start some kind of combination of the two. Yeah, where, like, anything that's backed up by evidence is, is the devil. Yes. And, uh, we're going to be flat earthers for sure. Yeah. That's becoming in vogue again. So I know I'm excited. Time. Kyrie Irving. Yeah. He, he really made it. Uh, what an idiot. 
he made it popular to ignore evidence, which <laughs> I think a lot of people are, are getting really good at that. Uh, okay. What are we at? My number two? Yeah, your number two. Is where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Oh, yeah. I love this show. That's a great show. I, I It might have even influenced my decision to be a geography major uh, in college. Maybe not. But it had a great <laughs> cast. It had Rockapella. It had the the kind of the, the lead detective was the woman from The Warriors, which is really cool. And the well, are you talking about the lady from Law and Order? Was the what was her role? Was it is it the same lady that we're talking about? Probably. I am okay. not that familiar with the original Law and Order, so she might have been on that. But she's also the radio voice from The Warriors. If you go back and watch that. Oh, okay, got it. Okay. She has a really good voice. Yeah. Uh, but she was great in that show. The host was always good, although <laughs> sometimes I feel like he gave like inconsistent performances like you could tell when he was having like a bad day (laughs) (laughs) and maggie and i also met somebody that was on that show what as a kid yeah i guess they filmed it in brooklyn wow yeah but i always thought the last part of the show where somebody would basically plant flags like running around a map yeah like looked really hard yeah it was wild I, i always thought that that was like an unfair final task yeah and you knew if the kids got like asia or africa they were screwed (laughs) there was no way they were going to figure out all those countries yeah did you ever play the uh, video game versions of where in the world is carmen san diego yeah i think i played a couple of different ones all i remember i I remember playing that as like a young kid and there's like some i think i was like trying to make an arrest or something, because it would give you that option before you had evidence. Oh, yeah. And then it would say something like, you didn't have enough evidence, now you have egg on your face. <laughs> and I thought that term as like a five-year-old was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got offended? Yeah, I was like, what, what do you mean I have egg on my face? What does that mean? <laughs> you, it sounds like your five-year-old policing... Um, Techniques are also in vogue now. Oh, yeah, very law and order. (laughs) Arrest now, ask questions later. That was the five-year-old Andy Metz was a a hard-ass in order. Yeah, I never said I'd make a good cop. No, that's... uh, But those games, I remember being obsessed with, like, the procedure in those games, like, trying to figure out exactly what you're talking about. Like, well, what evidence do I need... Like, I would get excited, like, when I saw a clue and I knew where they were, mm-hmm. and then was like, well, how do I do that now? Like, if I figured it out, I was like, well, how do I, how do I do that? I used to play it on the, on the old first computer we had. Nice. Yeah, they had a ton of different versions of that game. I feel like it's kind of like Oregon Trail in that sense. Yeah, I tried to buy one within the last, uh, I think it was maybe last year. Mm-hmm. I, I got on, I, I was talking to Ron about this at work, and... I was like, wait a minute, I bet I could buy like an old version of that. And then I realized that, one, my current laptop does not have a disk drive at all. And two, <laughs> even if it did, it would probably not work, considering like how old of an operating system it was made for. Right. Yeah, I, I, it probably did not work at all. Maybe you could find some kind of emulator. That's what I'm going to have to do, I think. Yeah. Yeah, laptops don't come with disk drives anymore. That was nope, a harsh it's... reality the last time I bought a laptop. Yeah, it's become a thing where I, like, 
I still own, I still have like Max Payne for, for computer, for PC, um, Sim Golf. That was a fun game, Max Payne. Yeah, Max Payne was great on computer. And like, I have a few that I've kept that I really liked. Bullet Time is such a cool thing. Bullet Time? Yeah, isn't that the first game that had something like that? I believe it was. I, be- I believe they originated that, yeah. Yeah. And Even it worked Zelda so well with the mouse like and keyboard. It was, like, easy to control. But yeah. I kept those thinking, oh, yeah, I could play those again. I could just, you know, install them or, like, I could just uh, go to a different version of Windows or somehow play them. And, and I think the reality is now that they're not, it's not going to happen. Nope. All right, what is your number one? My number one, prepare yourselves, kids. If I'm you're ready. easily frightened, um, you might want to skip this next part. Uh-oh. Because it's Are You Afraid of the Dark? Nice. Did you watch that one? I did not. No, that's a Nickelodeon one again. Okay. So it was a Snick show. It was on at like 8.30, I think, on Saturday nights. Whoa. Um, so it was like the late show. Yeah. Uh, and it was another Canadian original. Like, it originated in Canada and they played it here. Which it's, I found out as I've gotten older, a lot of the stuff I loved as a kid was Canadian. Um, but... Are You Afraid of the Dark was an anthology horror series for kids, and it was, in some cases, very, like, there's episodes of that that were scary enough that I still remember, like, being freaked out. Like, there's one where there's a dollhouse, and, like, a girl gets trapped in it, and, like, slowly turns into a doll, and it's very disturbing, like... I've, I looked up screenshots, and I was like, ugh, like, even now? I was like, that's creepy. <laughs> well, because probably like, the practical effects I had to use made it even worse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there was, like, a, a pool monster episode where there was this, like, freaky, like, zombie that was, like, 8 feet, or, like, 12 feet tall, but it would, like, hide in the bottom of a pool. And Ooh. then when the kids would, like, get in there, it would, like, turn dark, and all this wind would whip around, and this thing would come out. And I was like, as a eight or nine or ten year old or whatever what i was when i was watching this i was like nope that's not i'm not going in a pool again like, those parents need to clean the pool better if they can't see something at the bottom of it it was yeah it was a supernatural uh, pool zombie is what oh. i'm gonna call it um but it was like a weird it was all i i did watch episodes of this recently i found um and it's still it's still entertaining but the funny part was i forgot that at the beginning they had the kids who were telling the, the whole point of it was like, it was a society of kids that would tell stories to try to freak each other out. So they would meet around a campfire. Oh, and nice. Like, That's a good like, setting. That the, or setup, I should say. Yeah. And it would be, it was called the midnight society. And they would like, you know, they would have a new person come and tell a story and say, I submit for the approval of the midnight society and throw this stuff in the fire and make it like shoot up. Um, and they, they, they were all Canadian and have very heavy Canadian accents. And so I was like watching it recently. I'm like, how did I not notice that when I was a kid? <laughs> I'm sorry, this might be a very scary story. <laughs> yeah, sorry and about are like the two words you pick up on right away and are like, whoa, you are yeah. Canadian. And when they're talking a lot about back bacon. <laughs> All that back bacon. <laughs> All that back bacon and the, and the Molsons that they had around the fire. But it was a it, that show. The reason I had to make that number one is because when I made this list, it was the first one that came in my head. And every single time I would go through, like I have a ton of shows on this list, I was always like, it was a given that this that would be on there. So I was yeah. like, well, that's it. That's my number one. Yeah, my number one, like definitely, just it came pretty quickly. It was very early on my favorite show, 
And that's Tom and Jerry. Ah. And I don't, because I know they've done a few different kind of versions of the show. And I don't, I definitely don't mean Tom and Jerry friends because I didn't understand why they would ever let them be friends. That's like the premise of the show is that they are not friends. I think I saw that one more. Yeah. I think it, it was newer. So it like aired probably closer to the time we were actually kids. Cause I think Tom and Jerry has been around probably since the sixties or fifties. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. I don't know. But I, I just thought it was great. Like pretty violent. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they would Some make a show like that. They would do to each other. Yeah. Wasn't there a big human that was like the, that you didn't see the face? Oh yeah. There will always be humans that you could only see from like the knees down. Yeah. Oh, it kind of makes me think of Muppet Babies. I wonder if that should have been on my list. I forgot about that show. Oh, I used to watch Muppet Babies every day after school. Yeah, that's going in as an honorable mention. I just totally Muppet forgot that show. Babies. What are your uh, honorable mentions? Speaking of which. Oh, man. I'm going to go in categories and just mention some shows. Just stop me if any bring up an idea to you. But um, there were a number of... I've become fascinated with Nickelodeon because I didn't realize... Like, when I was a kid that not everyone got to see these shows. Like, I had to grow up and be like, oh, some people just didn't want to pay for cable or or didn't or chose not to have cable, so you didn't get access to this. And I just assumed it was, like, a common thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I've been going back and researching, like, how did Nickelodeon start? Where did it come from? Why were all their shows Canadian when they started? Like, all these things. <laughs> and so there's a little list of um, early shows from Nickelodeon that I've either watched then or gone back to watch. Um, mm-hmm. Like You Can't Do That on Television, which starred in uh, Alanis Morissette before she became a musician, wow. which is interesting. But it was just like a weird gross-out show for kids. Um, and then Salute Your Shorts and Hey Dude and Welcome Freshmen were big ones I watched that were like live-action like summer themed, like Slit Your Shirts was a summer camp, Hey Dude was a dude ranch, and Welcome Freshman was a bunch of Canadian freshmen in high school that were all like terrible now if you go back and watch it, but at the time I loved them. Huh. I still um, vaguely remember Slit Your Shirts. Like I, I would, you know, first like sleepovers and stuff, occasionally see Nickelodeon. So I had like vague recollections of some of these shows. Yeah, Slit Your Shirts was the one with Donkey Lips. That's like the most enduring. That was like the heavy guy that was gross and farted all the time. His name was But then there was also Adventures of Pete and Pete, which was a um, that was one that was hard to leave off the top five. But that that was a great like also a Nickelodeon show. Yeah. Then there was the game shows like Legends of the Hidden Temple was amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Guts, Double Dare, um, a ton of game shows. Yeah, Wild and Crazy Kids is one that I used to watch all the time, which I don't think I hear mentioned anymore, really. But it was like a, it was just like teams of kids competing out in like weird sports, semi-sports related kind of activities. And Cuba Gooding Jr.'s brother was one of the um, hosts of it, which I remember always. But oh, random. Uh, yeah, he was in he was in some other stuff as Omar Gooding, but I didn't realize they were siblings until later. And then the other, the last thing I'll mention, I have a ton on here, but I don't want to take up like eight hours going through it. But <laughs> I used to, I used to also, I had a big theme of like getting up super early when I was a kid to like try to watch TV. And I've been telling my parents now, like I used to 
like plot with my sister who's two years younger and we would like come up with these elaborate plans of like oh if we get up at 4 a.m and sneak downstairs and watch tv they won't even know and we'll go back to bed and like and they were like you could have just asked us if you wanted to watch <laughs> there's a lot of things you put like as a kid you almost put self restrictions and like what would you think would get you in trouble and yeah. it turns out later like no why would that get you in trouble yeah, I was trying to get up early to watch a science show. I don't yeah. think <laughs> but but they, there was another thing I used to do. I found out that our TV had, um, you know, how like if you get an over-the-air antenna, your yeah. TV can get those like sub channels. Yeah, that, I found that out newer? that our TV could do that. So I would find like the sub channels of like PBS and watch like it, it, I would watch like hour-long TV shows in like. Cantonese, like in Chinese, <laughs> that were I found them interesting because they would be talking about like the the festivals of like the Chinese New Year, and it was like very colorful. There would go to like um, they would actually be in China, like showing you different parts of the landscape. And I remember there was it was like a weekly thing on weekends where they would have this show, and I just I, I for some reason I like decided I want to watch that every weekend. So it was like one of the other things was like just finding weird local access public access shows. Nice. Yeah, the subchannels were a weird thing. We got those when we lived in Pilsen, because we had an actual antenna, and it was, I'd never even seen anything like that. I didn't know that was a thing. Like, what kind of, how many people have access to the subchannels? I think if you, I think anytime you have either one of those antennas, or if your TV is able to, like, if you're able to enter the, the, like, you know, sometimes it'll be, like, I think of WCIU has, like, four sub-channels, so if you put in, like, 26.2, if you're allowed to put in, like, the decimal, uh-huh. you can get them. Okay. So they have, like, three that have old movies and old um, old TV shows that are pretty interesting, but I think I think that's all you need. It's like, if you don't have either of those abilities, it's probably, you probably can't get them, but I'm sure there's people that know a lot more about this. Let's see. A few that I had. Recess, although that kind of started a little late. Uh, Animaniacs and DuckTales. Um, I also thought Batman, the animated series, was really good. Oh, yeah, that was great. That was a great show. I liked the Magic School Bus. Uh, and then I also had the X-Men cartoon was pretty good right around that time. And then yeah, Wishbone. Yeah, And Wishbone, again, is like kind of pushing it for... If it had come a couple years earlier, maybe I would have liked it more. But yeah. those are all mine. There's a few more I wanted to say because I'm thinking of people are going to yell at me. So oh, okay. I, I, I watched Doug. Doug, um, okay. When I was a kid, Hey Arnold, uh, Rugrats. Oh, Rugrats um, was good. Did you watch Ren and Stimpy at all? Yes, I did. Ren okay. and Stimpy. Um, I watched. And also, I guess the last big group is, these don't really count probably, but I, I, I was obsessed with... Um, Block Party Summer on Nickelodeon when I was a kid. So, like, they would show old sitcoms that they had the rights to that would be in their normal lineup. So there would be a night when it's all Brady Bunch. There would be a night when it's all, like, F Troop or something. And I remember, like, being obsessed with all the old shows that Nickelodeon would have um, at night. I think what I'm learning is that you were definitely a big Nickelodeon fan. Oh, yeah. I watched a lot of Nickelodeon. Yeah. Well, um... If you watched Nickelodeon, or even if you didn't, and you have different childhood shows that you remember fondly, uh, go ahead and send us an email at whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com, or hit us up on Twitter, 
That's at Whiskey Sessions. And uh, yeah, we have a couple of emails that we need to get to. So let's do that. These are your emails. You sent us emails to read. Emails! And now we'll read them. All right, so uh, I have an email here from Scott M. of Addison, Illinois. Uh, a lovely town just north of Lombard, where my wife's family is from, or lives currently. Uh, guys, just listen to your podcast on stand-ups. Excellent job as always, but you forgot a big one in my opinion. Sam Kinnison. What do you think about old Sammy boy? Old Sam Kinnison. Well, I think maybe part of the reason he wasn't on either of our lists was he died when we were six and seven years old, respectively. Right. And he was intense. And he, he was one of the guys that his uh he's got a large reputation. Like yes. um as far as people will mention like I understand why us not mentioning him would stick out, but like you said, it was just like timing wise, I, I don't like there's people that have died that at that around that time that I, I saw enough of their work to have a strong opinion about it but for some reason like i just didn't see a, a whole ton of his stand-up no we just weren't the right time for it i think although i feel bad that he's from washington i just realized and i left ah. him off my list that's uh that's a hard one to miss i will say from what i did see it was interesting like he was very aggressive and uh uh he had a big like showmanship quality i know he had like he would like do rock and roll music along with his act and stuff i've seen like a clip of that before and right. it is entertaining i don't know like i'd have to watch more and actually like take in like the stand-up specials i think to have a strong opinion about him though yeah i think my my natural inclination inclination to liking stand-ups is i'm kind of like more of the hannibal burris maybe don't move at all during your stand-up set <laughs> and be very calm. Yeah. Uh, what email do you have? Okay, so I have an email from Steve French. Oh, Steve French. Yeah. So um, Steve French says, I'm thoroughly offended Feist did not make your list of best dog breeds, nor get an honorable mention. They're the best dogs on the planet, and that's a fact. Wait, what dogs so are these? That sucked. Oh, she, the, the, Steve has really hit me hard with some of my ideas from this episode. You oh. remember this or that? <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> we didn't bring it back yet. I don't know why. No, that's the next episode. It's coming back. I don't care what anybody says about it. Um, you should do icebreaker questions instead. Here's one to get you started. What's your favorite movie starring Joaquin Phoenix? Regards, Steve French. P.S. Tell the other Steve to go eat a fart. Oh, I'm assuming that's directed at Steve from Linwood, so we may have a battle here. And I think Steve French is from the um, Trailer Park Boys universe, so we're we're getting some famous emails now. Hey, that's pretty good. Favorite Joaquin Phoenix movie? I don't know. I probably haven't seen that many of them. I'm going to admit that I, uh, I'm gonna. <sighs> I know there was The Master that was popular, but I don't think I watched that. I didn't see that. I didn't see her. I did not see her. Um, what movies of his have I seen? I know I've seen him 
in a movie before. Yes. <laughs> hold on. I'm going to look. I'm yeah. going to see. I want to see one movie of his in a list of his movies that I know I've actually seen so I can mention it and not feel like quite as dumb. Yeah. I, I confused him once for Michael Fassbender. They're different <laughs> people. <laughs> I know Joaquin Phoenix is River Phoenix's brother. That's good to know. Um, man, how do you even spell Joaquin? I'm trying to look it's this J-O-A-Q-U-I-N. up. It's J O A Q U I N. Okay, cool. Joaquin. Joaquin Phoenix. I got his filmography up, so let's see if I can. I I want to at least say confidently, yes, I've seen that movie, and I have an opinion on it. He was born in Puerto Rico. Oh, interesting. Okay, he was in Parenthood, which I've seen. In 1989. Wow. Uh, he was an 8 kilometer. He... Oh, I got it. Gladiator. What? Oh, yeah. I actually haven't even seen that movie in its entirety. I've seen like an hour of it on TV. <laughs> He's the guy that comedy was named after. Commodus. Huh, the I... jealous son of the emperor or whatever. I've seen a good chunk of Walk the Line. Oh, Walk the Line. Yeah, that's another one. I've seen Hotel Rwanda. I didn't realize that he was in it. Um, let's see what else. I don't think I've seen any of these recent ones. I haven't seen Inherent Vice. No, I've seen none of He's been in a lot of movies, though. He's in like the last the two years. Brothers, which I think John C. Riley's in, so I'll probably see that. Yes, I will see that. Wait, which movie? The Sisters Brothers. The it's not Sisters out yet. Brothers. Oh, okay. Is it a but comedy? It stars, yeah. It stars, uh, it's a dark comedy starring John C. Reilly and Joaquin Phoenix as two notorious assassins, Eli and Charles' sisters, Charlie's sisters. What? Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I'm going to see it. Yeah, I'll see that. Oh, I think I saw, um, I've seen Signs and Part of the Village. I forgot oh, he was like a, signs. he was an M. Night actor for a little bit. I didn't like either of those movies. I like Signs. Uh, that well, was the last one I liked by him. Yeah. Yeah, the rest of these, I don't know. I guess I have not seen that many Joaquin Phoenix movies. Sorry, Joaquin, and thank you, Steve French. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad to at least start a Steve versus Steve fight, though. Yeah, Steve, he, he told Steve from Linwood to eat a fart. Yeah. And he can go right ahead and do that. That's a... They're, they're not pulling punches. No. <laughs> So, if your name is Steve from Linwood, or you have a different name and would like to write us an email anyway, please go ahead and do that. Uh, you can reach us at whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com, um, or of course, our Twitter feed at Whiskey Sessions. And we are going to close up this mega sized episode. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, always tweet at us and. Um, Send us some emails, and when you get a chance, give us that sweet, sweet five-star review from iTunes. But, uh, B-Pimp, do you want to add anything before we sign off? I'm trying to actually use Twitter for the first time, uh, or maybe second time. Yeah. So, I will be on there. Um, so if you want to interact with one of the hosts of the Whiskey Sessions, or both of us, go on Twitter. Yeah. And talk to me about the things that I don't know enough about and have embarrassed myself talking about. Yeah, we will respond to you on Twitter. Like, right now, our Twitter feed is pretty much just retweeting real Donald Trump. 
but <laughs> we're we could do other things. We'll do other things once they present themselves. Like, yeah. Well, right now, he's the only news. <laughs> That's I mean, what it is. He's the he's the hit maker. So we're just you know we're just going with it. Just along for the ride. All right. Um, we're signing off for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. This is Amets. I'm Beepin. Peace out. Eat a fart, Steve. Eat a fart, Steve. <laughs>